Hey, everybody, it's Then Again with Ken and Glenn. Space, the final frontier. <laughs> no, wait, wait, not that space, a different other space. Oh, you space. mean the real space? Yes, real space. Oh, uh, real space. The, the, the space that it's the 50th anniversary of. Ah, oh, the landing on the moon by the Apollo 11 crew. Woohoo! I love the space stuff. I love the space program. It is so You love neat. the space race. I love the space race. <laughs> I love all the things space. Um, it's just, it is such a neat time. Um, it is such a neat concept. The tech, the way it all works out. There, Even the movies about it. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, the movies and things. It is, it is uh, you know, not, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it seems like one of those great moments in human history where... Uh, things come together, and the old trope of, you know, we've been looking up at the sky, we've been looking up at the moon right. for, for millennia, right. and finally we get there. And, most importantly, perhaps, we get back. Yes, because, uh, you know, that was the thing John F. Kennedy said, to to put a man on the moon and bring him back safely. And it's really that second part. It's that second part. It's kind, I of, mean, kind of the most important part. The Russians could have done that first part like that. Uh, easily. Just, <laughs> just start shooting people up there. Uh, and also, we you know, we finally confirmed that, in fact, the moon is not made of cheese. So that was that was very important. That, they, well. were, they did not know about they that. They did not know until. It's, it's very interesting that this monumental achievement for humanity is driven in a lot of ways primarily by a rivalry between two countries. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the Cold War and this rivalry between the Soviet Union and the United States. Well, and to be fair, isn't that the story of exploration? In very many ways. So, so yeah, it's actually, quite frankly, dare I say it, in keeping with the historical dialectic that reaching the moon, space travel, is driven by that centuries or maybe even millennia-old struggle between different, you know, we'll call them nationalities, countries, groups, interests, whatever, to to be the first at whatever that thing is they're trying to do, that whatever they is they need to prove for their economy, right. for their national security, for whatever. But it's yes, it's that struggle and, between entities, and, and, polities. And, if and you yes, will. and that's and that's driven by the individual. The individual says, Well, I'm going to climb the mountain because it is there. Right. The polity says, We're going to climb the mountain first. Right. Right, exactly, and and those when those two meet, then lots lots can be achieved. Right, and you know so much of you know the space program, both in the U.S. and the the former Soviet Union, you know, is is driven by a lot of things that came out of World War II with the German rocket program and 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 the and the, and the, and the work that was even been going on in the 30s by civilians before that. But but those two things really come together in World War II and then post World War II. With the coming of the quote bipolar world, uh, the the two superpowers, which one is going to be able to most effectively either annihilate or threaten to annihilate? That's the, there the, are uh, distinctions, the, and there are distinctions. There absolutely are, and you know it becomes apparent that hey, this concept of a of a missile, a ballistic missile, if you will, that that the V two developed by Germany basically was, you know, it's it's an early form of it. That wedded to this other new technology, the the atomic weapons. This is the way we've got to go. We've got to find. We've got to figure out a way to do this, and and that's what drives before they do. Before they do, exactly. Before they and do. And if they figure it out, we need more of them, and Ex then we need them better. Exactly, exactly. And so that's why, you know, when the Soviet Union gets you know a beeping metal sphere the size of a basketball in space before we do. It's the Sputnik we're talking about. Yes, Sputnik. Sputnik. But but this is this sends shockwaves. Now now how 
good relatively speaking in relative terms, the Soviet program was in its essence versus the U.S. program kind of doesn't matter because they got something up there first. So now we feel like we're playing catch well, up to them. And so now now the space race is this and, I'm just setting the yeah, stage. That's yeah, now yeah, the space yeah. race is well and truly on. And the populace thinks that yes. they have beaten us. But one of the one of the Eisenhower's worst PR moments and, and bless him for not breaking the secrets because <laughs> they feel oh well if they can launch a satellite into space they can launch a nuke into America which means there's a missile gap right and they hammered him because why does America have better missiles well we did right Eisenhower because of intelligence gathering Didn't, and all these things yep. he knew exactly we had better missiles but he couldn't say that because then the Russians would know right so he just kind of had to suck it up knowing that we had the missiles and you know that's a lot not all, but a lot of the space race was about lift capabilities, about how what much you a get rocket yeah. could push up into the upper atmosphere and even low orbit. Right. That's what it's about because militarily that means launching nukes. That's right. From it's payload. Sci- it's payload. From a scientific point, it means how far can you take something. So they begin to mesh, and that's why Von Braun from the Germans, he was the rocket guy. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the... Science, not necessarily the tech of how to get the moon, land on the moon, spacesuits, right. things like that. He was the raw lift person. Right, just propulsion. Just, just, just get propulsion. this thing off the surface. And, and slip that, the surly bonds of Earth. Yes, and th- that's an important part. Yeah. Uh, rockets tend to explode <laughs> yes, a lot. And so, these, you know, this is one of the problems the Soviets have. What do you fuel it with? You're talking about literally millions of pounds of thrust that not only have to happen safely they happen to have they have to be done consistently and they have to be done safely yeah yeah and and, and, and you know when you said millions of pounds of thrust let's also bear in mind millions and hundreds of millions of dollars or rubles i mean these oh yes this is a very expensive proposition there are let's in the late 50s and through the 60s there are only two countries that can do this oh absolutely United States and Soviet Union. That's it. And the United States pours a lot more into it than the Soviets do or can. Yeah, that's or can. Right. I mean, honestly, that's we we literally outspent them by right. a lot. And and this was one of the concerns. This is what Kennedy was um, was trying to push against. Again, I will give Kennedy the benefit of the doubt and think that he did have the higher purpose of a space program in mind when right. he made. Uh, when he made the challenge in the United States to put Americans on the moon and safely return them by the end of the decade, as mm-hmm. he said. Yep. Here in the South, we say decade, but mm-hmm. in Massachusetts, they say decade. decade. <laughs> um, and he was really the one who pushed that, and he's the one who got the American people behind it in a couple of great speeches that he gave. Because right. when it was originally posited, uh, I want to say it was 58 to 60% of Americans in a poll said they didn't think it was a good idea. Well, But you he, package it the right way. You package it the right way. Send a few inspiring words about it. You know, we got to beat the Russians, but we also have to be the best that we can be because if not America, then who? Right. It works. They get the funding. And thus begins the big push. Right. And, um, you know. And it's kind of remarkable. This, this speech was in 1961. And while, you know, certain groundwork had already been laid for rocket technology, you know, the, the concept of a human on another body and back, 1961 is when it's positively said, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. And then eight years later, eight years? It takes eight years. That's astounding. That's amazing. It's really quick because going to the moon, <laughs> we, we've done it now. And it's, well, 50 years in our past. Yeah. Uh, this this uh, this July twentieth. It's it's fifty years in our past, and yet 
the problems we faced were huh, astronomical. Hey. Um, you know, how do how do you how do you go to the moon? This is the question that right. NASA wrestled well, you know, with for a good year. Let's 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 look at that. Is it fifty years ago? That's when it, it was it was done. Fifty years before that, we had barely got planes off the ground. We were flying in planes that were made of canvas and stick. Fifty years before that, it was hot air balloons. Yeah. You know, we're looking back in 50-year chunks from now to when that was, and it only took eight years to get it going. The, the, the amount of, of resources, the amount of know-how, one can say that that demonstrated a lot of things about how the American system works, Are, if one wants to. I was, exactly, if it could work. I always say that, the, that NASA in the 50s and 60s, and up until 72 when the Apollo program ended, uh, is the absolute best example of a public-private partnership that has ever been. Absolutely. Because government cannot, in and of itself, create the scientific knowledge and dynamic to solve all the technical problems. They can bring the resources to fund it. they can bring the resources to fund it and to coordinate massive, But then let the scientists run with it. Yes, uh, and that's and that's what happened. It was that's what it was always considered. NASA really was the organizational entity. It was private industry that and and they they let out these contracts to all the great aeronautic right. firms. You know, Boeing and and McDonnell Douglas and all those guys built different parts, which means they had to be able to mesh. They had to be able to talk to each other. They had all the components. And all those had to things fit. had to be tested. And here's here's where we come to why it's called Apollo Eleven. There are other flights in the Apollo series before then, and indeed Mercury and before that, but there's no computer modeling. We're, we're going to design something that we think should work based on the immutable laws of physics and geometry and all this, but now we're going to have to build it and see if it works? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty yeah. gutsy. How are you going to test something to land on the moon? Yeah, you know, first you've got to test, can we even just get into orbit? Okay, we can get into orbit. Now can we get into orbit and go around? And now can we come back and land? Can we develop re-entry? Can we develop, you know, all the deployments to land safely back on the surface? Okay, now how can we develop something where we can get out of the capsule and do our work? You know, so every time there's a flight, all of this on-the-job learning, in a sense, that is astoundingly expensive with a life or lives on the line Every time you do it, and 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 there were lives lost, and because, there was, and and it's especially the Apollo One. I mean, we were on the fast track to get people on the moon. Yeah, and Apollo One, Grissom White and Chaffee burned on the launch pad during yep. a test in '67. Yep. Again, a difference between the United States and the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union is in a big hurry, push, push, push. And we were, too, until we lost three astronauts on the launch and pad. And we backed up. We backed up and didn't do another manned launch for two years because they realized they were rushing and pushing and cutting corners and trying to be fast rather than good. Yep. And it took the sacrifice of those three astronauts, all of which had been into space before. Yeah. They, they knew the risk, but, you know, I would imagine if you're an astronaut, you if something's going to happen, you want it to happen during a launch or during something, not during a test mm-hmm. yeah. on a launch pad. And so the, the, the space program backed off, and they reevaluated how they were doing everything, and they put safety mm-hmm. and attention to detail as a first concern, and that made all the difference. You know, the Soviets had losses, too. Losses of they life certainly too. did. You know, some of which we didn't hear about <laughs> until years, so years later. Until years cause, later. Because that's the way that system works. Or Leica. Uh, yeah. Look up Leica. Oh, oh, my goodness. You know, but ultimately they are successful. And 
and I remember when this happened. We were actually we had, we were visiting relatives in North Carolina who were cotton sharecroppers, and we were visiting them. And I remember we we was a multi day visit, and I remember to this day being out in the back of the shack house, call it what you will, playing in the cotton field. And there's a holler, and that's what we call it down south. There was a holler out the back door. Y'all come in. They're about to land on the moon. <laughs> we came in and watched the moon landing. Yeah. And, and it was amazing. And I, you remember that to I this remember, very I seven day. Years old, and, and I still, you know, remember just going, just being blown away by it. When 60% of the American populace thinks it's a bad idea until you get to 68, 69, and, yeah. and space madness hits, <laughs> everybody is all about it, and it's in everything. It's yep. all on the news. And and NASA, to their credit, was very open with everything. This is what this looks like. This is what that. We lost three guys. It's very sad. We're going to do this and that. They had constant interaction with the media. So Americans knew everything that was going on. Yeah. And and the astronauts would go on Goodwill tours and they would meet people. And, and it, it was a media blitz as much as it was a science blitz because the, right. the they had worked hard to get all of America behind it. And all of America really was behind it, I think. And, um, you know, well, of course, there's the famous Apollo 13 when Tom Hanks, <laughs> when Tom the, Hanks had a mistake a, on the moon. Yeah. Oh, but no, the, but yeah, you know, that, and that was, I think, uh, we'll get back to Apollo 11 in a minute because it's important. But, you know, Apollo 13. Well, the overall Apollo program. Yeah, you know. I mean, it was just, it was, um, Apollo 13 was the biggest problem that they had. They had, they had problems in right. all of them. Uh, there were always technical glitches because. Right. Because. Well, Everything was still, even if it was electronic, the computers mm-hmm. were very, very primitive. The little Fitbit on my wrist has about 50 times the computing power right, of you, the one that you, landed people on the You do realize your, your average phone that I'm holding up to the microphone right now, see? <laughs> your average phone could power the command module with this thinking no, processing it could, com- it could power mission control. <laughs> control I mean, exactly. literally. Literally. But, you know, you mentioned, you know, there were always technical problems. One of the more prosaic problems that was a transmission problem was the fact that one uh, one giant step for a man, one giant step for yes. a man. You know, he actually did say the word A in all the recordings. Right. The A is the A doesn't. Well, they've, they've gone back and analyzed it, and it's, well, there was a transmission problem. There was static, right. so you didn't hear the A. He actually did say A, but that's, another, but that's a problem. Yeah. That, and, that, and, but, that, but, but that's a very minor problem, but it's also one that the most – quoted thing from the Apollo missions, the, the the most quoted thing from the space program, and one of the words is left out because of a glitch in transmission. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it is the one of the legacies yeah. of that moment. One small step for man, supposed to be a man, yeah, right. a giant leap for mankind. The whole world was, was literally, yeah. the whole world watched the launch. From a sharecropping cabin in North Carolina exactly. to the the pentagon exactly and then you know three days later when they three two and a half two and a half to three days Mm -hmm. when they get to the moon and two of the astronauts um when aldrin and armstrong separate and leave mike collins the loneliest man in history (laughs) in the command and service modules orbiting think about it he's by himself right he's the only person who's ever been that far from earth by himself right right well until that point yes uh and then you know those two land and then four hours later they step on the surface of the moon, and they're looking around, and it is the whole world. Even I would say even the Soviets, mm-hmm. if they knew about it, 
which they did, rejoiced. And the Soviets did have a ship on the moon at the exact same time that we landed. They realized they could never get a man there, so they sent a machine to gather up rocks and, and launch off and, uh, and get back to Earth. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, the <laughs> rock-gathering machine crashed and burned in the moon <laughs> uh, while you know we were landing our guys and, and getting them. They had two, two about four-hour moonwalks, right. got back and um, got back on the limb. Took off, joined the command module, and another two and a half days back. <clears throat> and and similar to, you know, other our Lewis and Clark mm-hmm. explorers ones we had, you know, how far out can you go and still come back? And right. and those guys, Armstrong was always quiet. He's never been one for the limelight. He right. hasn't done a lot of public demonstrations right. and, and and talks and things since then. It's very rare when he comes out and talks right. to someone after that. Uh, not Ald- so much Aldrin. Aldrin yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's a hoot. He, he he kind of is, and and he has. Well, as a matter of fact, you know, I was I was reading just this morning about when they were deciding who's going to be the first to step on the moon's surface, and there was quite a bit of behind there the was. scenes drama about who it was going to be. Was it going to be Aldrin or was it going to be Armstrong? Because at first they said it was going to be Aldrin, then it was going to be Armstrong, and then Aldrin was like, "Why is it not going to be me?" After you said it was going to be me, and you know, vari- various reasons were given. Yeah, I think <laughs> Aldrin it, had his opinion about what those reasons well, were. And you, I can't blame the guy. Well, no, of course not. It's but, the first person stepping on the moon. But I think it, it came down to... That we know of. The, <laughs> it wasn't Lincoln, but it was Lincoln's <laughs> zombie <laughs> right, exactly. clone. But, you know, I think they ended up saying, well, you know what? Neil's uh, mission commander, he goes right, first, period. Right, right. That's, that is exactly what they decided. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it was maintained by some afterwards that, that that was the convenient way to say, Aldrin, you're too much of a hothead. Yeah. We, you know, Aldrin, Aldrin's you're, one. You're and, kind of a cowboy. And, and of, I do not chastise him for this, but he was confronted by someone a few years ago about the moon landings were fake, the moon landings were right. fake, and he punched the he reporter in the face. punched him. <laughs> Good for you, Buzz I was Aldrin. on the moon. Boom. Good for you. Um, <laughs> but you tell me I was uh, on yeah, the moon. Yeah, I was there, dude. <laughs> But, you know, and so when, when they land on the moon and they get back, that is the climax. That's the penultimate uh, part of the of the moon program. And there were, there were uh, six more. Right. There were six more moon landings. Uh, but none of them, unfortunately, had quite the panache. They didn't capture – I mean, not that Americans weren't proud or – but, but – Been know, there, done that. Exactly. I mean, literally. And it's like, man, it, it's just – each one should have been the same fanfare because everybody was – each one in its own way was adding something, was was always the same risk, was always not just to the persons, but also to America's prestige and reputation. I mean, the, it, everything was always on the line with each always. Apollo flight, you know, and that's pretty amazing. And if you want if you want to be positive <laughs> and have a little hope for your humanity – and assume that this was a great moment, as as they said, they came for all humanity mm-hmm. on the moon. Then this was really one of the penultimate moments in human history, uh, where they, you know, those those three at first, but then the the excuse me, those two, and then the the, right. the fellows they came after. Uh, and we haven't been, been back since ten days after I was born. That's I guess right. I'm bad luck, That's but right. you know, hey, there's talk about us going back again. Who knows? Yeah, soon. It maybe. was a uh, it it. And the the you know the immediate legacy it was done, and then the American taxpayer began asking, well, why are we paying this much money? Apollo right. cost the entire program cost twenty five point four billion dollars in nineteen sixties money. Going to say yeah in nineteen sixties money, and folks like Walter Mondale who were uh, very much enemies of NASA 
and didn't want that much money spent. He wanted it spent on other things and social programs. And I see where he's coming from. It's a, it's a legitimate point. He got beat in a presidential election, so that's what you get for hating NASA, Walter Mondale. <laughs> uh, but if you want to learn more about the Apollo missions and things like that, there is an excellent HBO miniseries. Yes. Please watch it called From the Earth, Earth to, to the, the moon. moon. It is Which, fantastic. oddly enough, draws the same conclusions as Jules Verne's From the Earth to the Moon. <laughs> no, it, it, no doesn't, it, it doesn't do that. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> but, it's, but, but, it is, but it is an excellent it's, series. It's excellent. It dramatizes the entire program and talk, gets into the technical minutiae without being boring. Exactly. So, uh, much like our podcast. Much do. like our podcast. And, do. And, and listen to another one sometime because this one's coming to an end because Libba did the magic motion. That's right. So. <laughs> so Thanks for clicking in. Goodbye, everybody. Then Again with Ken and Glenn is produced by the Contrail Digital Studio at the Northeast Georgia History Center.